0: everyone welcome to the real estate red zone brought to you by the texas real estate research center at texas a&m university i'm haley reader wiley communications specialist today is wednesday february 9th 2022 on this day in 1902 civil rights activist juanita shanks craft was born in round rock She joined the Dallas branch of the NAACP in 1939 before becoming the chapter's membership chairman in 1942. In 1944, Kraft became the first black woman in Dallas County to vote. In 1946, Kraft was appointed both the Texas NAACP field organizer and the Dallas chapter youth council advisor. Over 11 years, She and Lulu Bell White of Houston organized 182 branches of the NAACP across the state. Kraft died in Austin in 1985. Now on to today's podcast. Housing affordability has continued to be an issue in not just Texas, but also across the country. Widespread inflation has further diminished affordability, pushing many would-be buyers into the rental market. But behind every rental property is a property manager. How can a property owner maximize their profits while keeping their tenants satisfied? Pete Newbig, licensed real estate agent and broker in Texas, is the former co-founder of Houston-based Empire Industries Realty and Property Management, which managed over 900 single-family homes in Houston, Dallas, and Fort Worth. He is the past Central Regional Vice President of the National Association of Residential Property Managers, or NARPM, and the current host of the NARPM radio podcast. He joins us today to talk more about how to succeed in residential property management. Thank you for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, Haley. Appreciate being here.
0: What does it take to become a successful property manager?
1: The main difference between a successful property manager and a unsuccessful property manager is that a successful property manager is a professional property manager. That's how they see themselves. So their core focus is property management. And they treat the property management like a business. They have systems, policies, processes, and software all surrounding property management. When somebody doesn't take the property management as their main vehicle or their core focus, for example, a lot of agents, they get into property management because Maybe their um, the inventory is low, they're not able to sell, and they need a little bit of income. So like, oh, OK, I'll manage you know, these properties. And maybe they manage you know, 10, 12 properties, but they don't treat it like a business. Their core business is actually sales. And what happens is if you don't have those systems in place, not, you don't have the continuing knowledge, then that's when things can happen. That's when things can go wrong. So with a professional property manager, they have all these systems they're always on top of the law they understand you know Texas property code fair housing and they always have continuing education whether it's the TREC TRLS Texas Real Estate Leasing Specialist or the Texas Real Estate Property Manager or they have part of NARPM the National Association of Residential Property Managers and they have designations within NARPM as well and the main the last thing is it's a mindset when you're a professional property manager you think of yourself as a money manager, a wealth advisor, and a risk manager. And so when, you, when you're doing this professionally, you're abiding by all the laws, all the rules, you have processes, policies all in place to make sure that your business is going to be successful. And that would be the main difference.
0: What should a property owner know before renting out their property?
1: There is so much Haley that they need to know. <laughs> So the first thing is um, they need to know the laws. They need to know about fair housing laws. So even though you are a property owner and an investor, but if you have more than four properties, you have to abide by fair housing just like a realtor does or a a property management company does. You also have to know how to read a credit report. So these are the basics, right? If you don't know how to read a credit report, how do you know if the person is really good that you're going to put in? You have to uh, have policies in place. Right. So um, when you do run somebody's credit, what who are you going to take and who you're not going to take? What are the qualifications? You need to know what documents you needed. You need an application, a lease, a moving report, et cetera, et cetera. The biggest thing though is know thy market. What is the market rate? What's the days on market? What kind of upgrades do you need in your house so that you are um, comparable with other prop with the other properties that are on the market? Do you need appliances? Uh, things like that. Right. Another big thing is what do you do to prepare your property for lease? So I can tell you, Haley, in my experience, I have so many of my clients that say, well, just go ahead and, you know, mop the floors and let's try to lease it up again. And I'm like, well, but things are broken. We can't, you can't, you have to fix, you have to fix everything. Right. So clean and functional is the basis of having a property be leased out or ready for rent, but you have to fix everything. And a lot of people that used to live in their house and they move out like, well, yeah, the microwave kind of doesn't really work. But, um, you know, you have to if you if you, you know, hit this button three times and spin around, then it starts working like, well, we can't we can't do that. You actually have to have things working. And number one is external appeal. If your property is is uh, the grass is overgrown, there's garbage or, or out mail coming out of the uh, out of the mailbox, uh, maybe a tree's not trimmed, bushes aren't trimmed. Even if it looks like the Taj Mahal inside, no one's gonna get past that external and you're not. You're gonna get less people to go in there to look at the property. And then the rule of thumb is paint and carpet rents properties. New paint, new carpet, typically will rent properties. You also have to know how you're gonna advertise it. Are you gonna have professional photos? Are you gonna video it? Where are you gonna advertise it? And then what systems are you gonna use for your application processing, your showing service, the inspection software? Are you gonna use e-signature software? Are you gonna use self-showing software? So these are all the different things that you need to know before renting out your, uh, your property.
0: Renting out a property seems pretty complicated. How can a property owner best use a property management service to maximize their profits while keeping their tenants satisfied?
1: That's a great question. So most people who are investing in properties are doing it to build wealth over time for their family. And most of them work nine to five jobs. And most of them work a really long, like they work more than just 40 hours a week. And then they have, they have family time. So everybody's been taught when you buy a property is a passive investment. And that is absolutely not true. When you buy a property, it's actually pretty active. It may not be as active as wholesaling or doing some other stuff that's active investing, but hiring a property manager makes that, makes that investment passive. Because you are no longer taking the phone calls, you're no longer having to lease the property, you're no longer have to do the accounting. So a lot of a lot of things that you have to do when you own a property, the property management takes uh, takes over. And then you have to ask yourself, what is your time worth? If you are making a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and you then have to answer phone calls or do a lease renewal, that's like a ten dollar an hour job. So how much money are you losing by? by doing these low level, low enjoyment tasks. So as an investor, you have to ask yourself, what's your time worth? And then um, as an investor, whether you own one property or a hundred, you know, you own a business. The IRS thinks you own a business. The resident thinks you own a business. You know, Texas, believe, you know, Texas and, and the federal government believe you own a business. So you have to treat it like a business. And as the CEO of your business, Are you going to be the one that goes out there and handles a maintenance request or goes out there and make sure the turn is correct or, or, you know, entering, you know, bills into your, into your computer system, or are you going to be the CEO, hire the management company and run the business like a CEO? Right. So what can you do with that free time? You can build, you can go find better deals. You can create relationships. There's other things that you can do that's going to be worth more of your time. So time is the big one as hiring a property management company saves you money just on the time factor. But there's a lot of other things that a management company does that I find that investors who self manage don't do. For example, we just talked about leasing in the last question. Well, on average, property management companies get their properties leased quicker because of the systems and the processes and the policy they have. Um, so by leasing your property quicker, that equates to more money in the investor's pocket. When lease, uh, I know so many investors that never renew their lease. They never, not only do they not renew it, but they don't increase it. With property management companies, they, they increase that lease renewal every year, or every time that lease is up. So that puts more money in the investor's pocket. Maintenance is done quicker. So when maintenance is done quicker, tenants are happier, so the length of stay when when a a property is professionally managed is longer than when a property is self-managed, so that equates to dollars in your pocket. Also, maintenance, because a property manager has volume, because they're managing hundreds of properties, they get a volume discount. And because of that, you can get maintenance done not only cheaper, but believe it or not, you get it done much quicker. If I'm a self-manager and I own two homes and my AC goes out and it's July 5th and it's 100 degrees and all the AC companies are busy, you may not get somebody for a week to that property. With a property management company, because they give so much business to AC companies, they'll be out there within a couple of hours. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ways that the property management company can increase your, your dollar amount as an investor, which will easily pay for the management fee, that, uh, the monthly management fee. And then on the resident side, there's a lot of benefits because a professional management company they have a resident portal, which means that the resident can pay online. They can uh, they have access to all their leases. They get uh, they do get they get inspections done on on annual basis. They get move in and move out inspections. Uh, so the um, and they can see their ledger right there right then and there. So from a from a uh, a customer service standpoint, the 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 resident gets a lot more benefits which means that they're more likely to stay in the property a little longer and then of course because the property manager runs their business professionally keeps the owner from getting out from going to court right so fair housing uh, is followed and the security deposit disposition which is the big one is followed correctly and so um, it saves the owner time and money on dealing with potential Potential fair housing claims or security deposit position, you know, small car claims.
0: How were property managers and owners affected by the eviction moratoria set in place since the onset of the COVID nineteen pandemic?
1: So, in my experience, it's been very luck- lucky that we, we've been very lucky that it's not as bad as we've thought. Like we thought when this thing was first happening. That we're going to lose property managers thought they were going to lose their business because no one was going to pay rent. By the way, that's how we get paid. When rent is collected, we get a percentage of that in most cases. Uh, so we thought, okay, we're not going to collect any rent, we're not gonna be able to, to get any revenue, and we're not gonna be able to afford our people. So that's what that was kind of the doom and gloom. From an investor standpoint, we felt that no one was gonna pay the rent and um, I was gonna have to pay the mortgage, which was then gonna put me out of business, and then there was gonna be a bunch of short sales. Well. If you look at from 2020 to now, there's been no short sales or very little short sales. As a matter of fact, everything has gone up in value, which is kind of crazy. Um, And what we have found is most people have paid. Now, whether that's because maybe they received PPP or maybe they got government funding. But we uh, in 2020 and early 2021, NARPM was doing lots of surveys with all the property managers out there to see what percentage of rent was being collected. And I got to tell you, Haley, it was over 90% that was being collected, even during the main heart of the pandemic. But now that doesn't mean that it was ever, it was great for everybody, right? If you are an investor and you have one or two homes, and on one of those homes, somebody decided not to pay, uh, and because of the eviction moratorium, I could not get rid of them, whether it was COVID-related or not, because maybe courts were closed or because of the moratorium and they were able to find a loophole. Well, that made things really difficult for for that particular investor. And I'm sure there's a lot of mom and pop investors that had a bad experience that may have decided to get out of the business. And so in those cases, it really caused, uh, it really caused, you know, a really difficult situation. No, the big misconception are that landlords are these 1%, these super wealthy. Kind of like the bad guy in a Hollywood movie, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm this evil guy that owns all this all this property. But in actuality, they're everyday people, middle class to upper middle class people just trying to build wealth and trying to find a better way for their family. And so the eviction moratorium really hurt a lot of these people that they're actually almost, like, that were trying to help. And so these people are, are you know, they're, they're they need that rent to cover the mortgage and the taxes and the insurance and the maintenance and all that good stuff. And when you go three, four, five, six, six months without rent and you got to pay that mortgage, it, it can definitely hurt, you know, it hurts that investor to the point where they may have to sell the house. And of course, how do you sell a property when somebody's living in there and they're not paying rent? So it it really caused challenges for a small percent of people, but overall, we were very fortunate. Me, I have a personal story. I own a few homes and one of the homes um, people couldn't afford to pay rent. And um, they, uh, they, I guess it was COVID related, but it took me about two months and we were able to get government assistance for them and they actually paid in arrears. So in the very beginning, it was really hard because they didn't have any assistance in place. And then finally now, um, after you know, like in 2021, they started having a lot of government assistance, not just from the federal uh, and state level, but even some of the local governments had some assistance in place. And so that really, that helped me in my personal situation. But there were, we had some clients that were, um, that really got devastated by the, by the eviction moratorium and the way the residents uh, didn't pay.
0: Well, thanks again for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me, Haley.
0: Thanks again, Pete. For more, check out the NARPUM radio podcast. NARPUM also has a variety of resources on their website. The links to the podcast and the website are posted on our podcast webpage and in the YouTube description box. For more housing data, check out our Texas Housing Insight Report. This monthly report is a summary of important economic indicators that help discern trends in the Texas housing markets. Read the publication online for free and subscribe to email notifications so you always know when the latest report is published. And while you're on our website, check out our research library. It includes a wide variety of research reports and articles. Latest topics include Texas rural land market dynamics, property owners associations, a Texas economic update, housing tenure, and more. The link is on our podcast webpage. That's gonna be it for today's podcast. If you're looking for more from the Texas Real Estate Research Center, head to our website, That's www.recenter.tamu.edu. There, you'll find the latest data, research articles, blogs, news, and more. For more Texas real estate news, subscribe to Recon, our biweekly newsletter. You'll get all the biggest stories sent straight to your inbox every Tuesday and Friday. The link is down below. To stay up to date on when articles are published on our website, follow the Texas Real Estate Research Center on social media. You can find us with the handle at RECenterTX on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. For more podcasts like these, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or to our YouTube channel. All podcasts are also available for free on our website. Thanks for joining us today in the Real Estate Red Zone. Brought to you by the Texas Real Estate Research Center in College Station, Texas, where we've been helping Texans make the best real estate decisions since 1971. This is Haley Reeder-Wiley, and I'll see you next time. Bye!